My name's Tom and welcome to my race chinwag. For every single Formula One race this year, pre and post race, we'll be talking all about it live on YouTube, but this is the audio only version just for your nice, cute little ears. Give us a like, five star, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, and let's crack on. Welcome, everybody, to the race Chinwag when there's not a race, so and there's not a race for three weeks, so we're going to do three of these in a row where there's no race to talk about, but, but we're going to talk about other things as well, specifically Formula 2, um, as well as any other news that has dropped. Welcome everyone, thank you all for coming. Roll intro. Hello to all you audio-only people, hello to all the you watching live on YouTube and everyone watching after the fact. My name is Tomo. This is Minton. This is my sausage dog. You might not have ever met him before. Um, you should have. Look at how tired he is. I'm holding him and he is somehow falling asleep while vertical. He's that bored. He is that done, finished with my content. If you're audio only, you can't see him. But I would recommend, although I would also recommend the audio only version. So then it can be higher on the Spotify playlist and then that can inflate my ego, um, which would be lovely. But thank you all for coming. Thank you all for taking the time. Hello, Shanky, um, Godzilla. Lawrence, Samero, Elliot, Jordi, Rasmus, Amberhead, Shane, Bacano, April, Jamie, The Racing Guy, TJ, Sam, Neo, Sonny, Lost, Charmander, Pablo, Farouk, Tub, Dylan, Ebby, Richard, Tyrrell, Sava, definitely not the FIA, Boogie, Galaxy, Mickey Mouse, Riyadh, McLaren, Bam, TV, Big Up. How we doing, boys? How we doing? Pete Mahad, hope you're well. Let's talk about it, shall we? Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about Formula Two, right? We, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna change tone from the the typical. We will touch touch on F1 news because there has been a little bit of news knocking about. Um, but again, we've got three whole weekends with no F1, and I haven't really covered the F2 properly this year. But the good thing with F2 is that for every round you get two races, you get the sprint, you get the feature. For every round in Formula Two, so there's 28 in total. A lot more, um, a lot more to look at. Thank you, C, for the 10 euros. Give us your pit stop boy's opinion, or we riot. Would you? I don't know what you're talking about. Or the Super Max song. Pit stop boys. Max, Max, Max. Love it. Banger. And they did the Let's Go Lando song. That was a really good song as well. Um, right, okay, cool, let's do it, let's go, right, overlays, boom, F2 driver standings, as we stand, six rounds of 28 complete in 2023, Ayumu Owasa leads the way, 58 points ahead of Tapos share on 50, Frederick Vesti on 42, Ralph Boschong, 33, Brother Leclerc, Arta Leclerc, on 33 as well, Jehan Daruvala, 32, Dennis Hauger, 30. Zane Maloney, 29. Is getting tight little gaps. Chris Miney, 26. Richard Vashore, 25. Jack Doohan, 24. I'm trying to think. I think I know every F2 driver's first name as well. Victor Mata, P, um, P12. Only 17 points on the board, which should be a lot more because he's put on some um, pretty decent performances um, so far. Isaac Hadjar. 11 points. Pietro Fittipaldi, bit of a slow start to the year with only nine. Jack Crawford, eight points. Oli Behrman. Oli Behrman has had some very, very impressive pace, but only three points on the board so far. Um, Juan Manuel Correa, two points. Rui Nassani, Clement Novelac, Amory Cordil, Brad Benavides, and Roman Stanek all on Nil Bois. See, look, I, I, know, I, know, it, I know F2, all right? I know all their first names as well as their surnames. Well done, mate. Uh, right. So yeah, today I wanted to uh, I wanted to sell the series because I know a lot of you obviously you're, you're all here first and foremost for the Formula One as am I. But Formula Two, and I think it's even more prominent when the F1 season is a little bit predictable, which obviously with Red Bull's dominance. Um, with their dominant package with Max Verstappen at the wheel. Um, it does look quite inevitable. However, F2 is always there to deliver. Or well, it's not there every weekend. Um, 
Again, 28 rounds. So they'll be there for 19 of the 23 um, rounds this year. And uh, you got to watch it, man. There's been some, like, chat. What, what's been the best? Because for me, the sprint race in Saudi Arabia was just unreal. It was unreal. My favourite, I have a favourite, and I'm not a glory hunter. Ayumu Uwasa is my driver that I'm pulling for in F2 this year. I said this at the start of the season before we even started. I was like, I'm all in on Ayumu. And look at him. Look at my boy. Look at him. But you know what? The sprint in Saudi was a banger. But every single race so far this year has had moments of madness four cars wide like this is a spec series right and it's a it's a test bed it's the clear, closest you're going to get to f1 uh, is that true actually a super formula car i think is is closer from what i understand from drivers having spoken super formula car which is where liam lawson is at the minute um in japan that is the closest you get to formula one indycar and an f2 they're different, but I guess I think they're probably quite a similar distance away from F1. I think Super Formula is the closest. Um, that's kind of in the middle between F1 and, and F2. You know I mean? but, um, why did you change your name to Mickey Mouse, Liam? <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, so look, you can see the point spread is pretty close. It's pretty close. And yeah, Liam Lawson's doing very well in Super Formula. You won... The uh, debut race, didn't he? And then finished P5, I think, in the second one. Got a penalty. Not sure what for. Um, but for Liam to, to jump into Super Formula and immediately win, very impressive. Very impressive. Um, right, cool. So, drivers to watch out for. Because I know a lot of you, and this is not just who's going to be the best, but also interesting drivers from different parts of the world who I think deserve some some eyeballs and have put in some really good performances. Because I think the driving standards this year, um, you've got certain drivers who, who, who excel. You think they've got a higher ceiling than the rest. But in terms of consistently, like I'd say the top 12, the top 12 comfortably there, can all fight for wins at least at least the top I'm I'm thinking on merit the only person outside the top 12 who who can definitely fight for a win is probably Ollie Behrman so there's 13 out of 22 who could win on any given day which is it's pretty mad um these are the drivers I've picked to watch though so Omi Owasa, of course 21 years old from Japan two wins the only driver to win more than one race so there's been six rounds we've had five different winners another very um prominent exciting thing about formula two is typically unless you're oscar piastri who just wins just won constantly um has got to be one to watch right he had a very strong tail end of last season which got my vote um that's what kind of converted me to a aumism this is my new religion aumism um, now nah, he's he's defensive driving in what was it was he defending against for the when he won the sprint in Saudi his defense against I think it was Mota I can't remember actually not 100% sure but phenomenal so good so good um yeah man Aumu's um oh no I forgot to change the flag Wait, no, I didn't forget to change the flag. <laughs> Is that Holger? <laughs> sorry. Sorry. So to any audio only listeners, because obviously with all these graphics, I always make at least one mistake. It's just kind of uh, part and parcel of it. I, no, you know what? what's happened, right? Is I did the graphic. I forgot to change the flag next to Dennis Holger. But then, but then I remembered, and then I changed it. But then I forgot to re-export the PNG, which is what I'm about to do now. So it should change to his 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 real uh, country of, of of origin. There we go. Dennis Halga is no longer um, Halga San, as you were saying. Um, <laughs> traditions, traditions. Exactly. Look, I, I'm I'm just I'm consistent. Okay, consistently 
not all there. Um, anyway, right, Umuasa, keep an eye on him. He's driving very well, driving out of his skin at the minute. Um, yeah, the 20-year-old has been doing very well. And he's going to give, you know, if, if Liam's going to continue doing bits in Super Formula, um, Umuasa, who is another Red Bull junior, is going to give them something to think about, you know, in terms of uh, who who gets an opportunity potentially in an Alpha Tauri next year. Maybe they sell the team. There's a lot of talent in F2. I'm just saying, like, since... I don't think we've seen a, a grid this stacked since 2018. Um, 2018 is the season that's often lauded. Even then, I, I would maybe argue that, actually, there's more drivers this year than in 2018 who can win on pace, um, which is pretty phenomenal. Um Pretty phenomenal. Thank you, Matthew, for the two quid, by the way. Can Jamie Chadwick get to F1 through IndyCar? Yeah, Jamie Chadwick is over in the States doing Indy Lights, I believe. Um, look, it, it's a huge ask um, for Jamie to be able to um, to get to F1, as it is for any junior driver to get to F1. Um, it's not just about the talent. It's about right place, right time. It, she's obviously got the support of Williams. Um do I honestly see Jamie making it to F1? If I had to gamble on it, I would say no. Um, but Indy Lights gives her a great opportunity to showcase what her pace is um, relative to a kind of uh, mixed gender field. Um, because obviously in W Series, there was always going to be, you know, she was by far and away the best driver within that field. But um, that field of individuals, but now she's going into Indy Lights and it'll be, yeah, I'm excited to see how she um, she does for sure. Um, and yeah, I, I think Jamie making Indy is is way more realistic than than her making F1, to be honest, um, which would be great. I mean, you can have a fantastic career in IndyCar and she's still super young. So um, she's got she's got time to make the the IndyCar, um, the IndyCar dream happen. I don't think F1 is going to happen, but I hope to be proven wrong. That would be lovely to see. Um, of course, Tara Puchet is a driver to watch now. Table chair is uh oh yeah and, and Liam Lawson's dream F1 dream is definitely not over. Um no Liam's def Liam's definitely in for a shot. I mean Liam's still only twenty is he twenty one or twenty two? I think he might be twenty two. Um yeah, he's he's definitely front and centre. If if he can do bits this is what Pierre Gasly went and did Super Formula, didn't he? Um he won GP Gasly won GP3, and I know this because of the next video that's coming out. I've researched this. Gasly won GP3 and then was um, then was doing Super Formula in 2017 uh, until he got the call up um, for Tor Rosso. So, um, yeah. We'll see. I, but I, I think Lawson's got a great, great sh opportunity. But there's a lot. Of, this is the thing. So many of these young drivers, Tad Porsche, you know, this is his third year of Formula um, two, which is mad because he's 19 and this is his third season in Formula 2, which is pretty incredible. Tao Porsche, has, uh, he's got a big fan base and I, I've seen, I see a lot of Tao prop on the timeline on Twitter. Tao's, a, Tao's one of them drivers where um, Awasa's quite measured. I think Tao, I would say, has got more outright pace ceiling, but he is liable to a mistake for sure. Tao definitely has a bottle in him and hopefully over time he'll be able to, you know, get this out of his system. But I mean, yeah, Tao the Torpedo. Uh, we saw uh, in the sprint race where Ollie Behrman was the unfortunate recipient of a Tao Torpedo on the inside, um, big T-bone into turn one. And uh, yeah, it's, it's and, and again, even in the, um, even in the first race of the year in the reverse grid sprint, at, uh, at Bahrain, Teo pushed really hard, really early, and that kind of punished him in the end because you know he moved up the order really quick, but then uh, and maybe too quickly because he knew that ART under, underneath him had a lot of pace, but then fell back and and didn't have as good a result as maybe he could have if he'd driven a little bit more conservatively throughout, which is what exactly what Dennis Halgar, the other driver I want to talk about here, exactly what he did in that sprint race Bahrain he drove very measured and made his way through the field and did bits all three of these have uh, have won a race so far this year again five race winners in six events we've had Awasa Porsche Hauga and then Boshong and Vesti 
Yeah, there we go. That's the five. Um, yeah, so Dennis Halgood did bits, right? And Dennis is in an MP. They're, they're all on different teams as well. So you've got Dennis Halgood's in an MP with uh, Jahan Daravala as teammate. Teo shares in a ART with Victor Mata. And then Awasa is in a Dams alongside Arthur Leclerc. Now, MP... I was watching a Screaming Mills a little while ago, actually. They were talking about how um, apparently MP have, have taken a lot of good talent from like, other teams in terms of like, engineers and, and that. So um, I think Halga, that's going to really help Halga because he's F3 champion from, what, 2021. He won Formula 3, did Dennis Halga. And um, didn't have a, he had a few wins last year, but didn't really quite reach the heights that I think... I expected of him, you know, I thought this was going to be a back-to-back -back champion kind of thing, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think Hauger's in a really good, he's had some really good, efficient, impressive drives. No kind of really dramatic ones, but that's what you want. You want consistently to be up there. And I think that's where maybe Porsche, I think he's the quickest driver, but I don't think he's the most consistent. And I think that consistency over 28 rounds, if you can't consistently be up there and get top points, then it's going to bite you, unfortunately. But um, yeah, th this is the thing. He's given Red Bull something to think about here. You know, you've got Awasa, you've got Halga, you've got another driver in F2 that I'm about to speak about. You've got Lawson as well doing bits in Super Formula. So it's, um, it's a lot to ask because... I've not just picked three drivers to watch. I've picked six. And my other three are as follows. So, Kushmani, 22 years old, Indian driver, stepped in rookie season. I think Kush has been really good. I've been really impressed. He's in a Campos, which isn't typically the strongest car, but his teammate, Raf Boshong, in the other Campos is also doing bits. He won a race. He was a lead in the championship. And... Um, Kush is, is someone to keep an eye on. Now, I know I've got a lot of Indian viewers out there. I see you in my analytics. And, you know, Jayhan's been the driver that for time has been like, oh, is he going to... don't think he's quite got it to get right up there and get into F1. But I think if Kush carries on this momentum that he's got, there's a chance. There's a chance. There is a there is genuinely a chance for Kush Maini to to, like... I think get an opportunity. I don't, I don't think you should, like you say, don't sleep on Hajar. Don't sleep on Miney. He's put on some mad overtakes as well. He's he's honestly like I've been super impressed um, with Kush Miney. Bring back uh, bring back Force India with Miney and Daravara at the wheel. Oh, phenomenal vibes, phenomenal vibes. Um, look, Elliot, you know, twenty two is old by F two standards. You can see the age of Ollie Behrman down there. But um, I'll tell you what, I've been impressed. I've been very impressed, as have I been impressed, as 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 have I been, as I have been also impressed, whatever, by Zane Maloney, the third Red Bull driver that I want to talk about here. Um, yeah, Zane did bits in F3 last year. Title went right down to the wire with him, with Ollie, um, and with Victor. And... Look, Zane's, Zane's been very good. Like anyone who jumps into an F2 car quickly, having never really driven driven it before and doing well, you know, and, and Zane, what drove through from P18 to the podium, was it in Bahrain um, in the feature? Like Zane's got pace, man. Zane's got pace. Um, the kid's quick and... Again, only 19 years of age as well. Same age as Taylor Porsche. Um, but seems to have somewhat hit the ground running for sure. Again, just needs to build that consistency in. I, I, I think that's where I look at a driver like Owasa. I look at a driver like Halga. And I feel like because they've got that season under their belt, they should be able to deliver a little bit more consistency. Whereas these three won't quite have that consistency, I think. Um to maybe be up there all the time, but on pace, they're all good enough to, to win races, I think, for sure. Um, because then Ollie Behrman, who I've, I've put in there, you know, in part because, I mean, again, you look at the um, you look at the driver standings and he's down in P16 with just three points on the board, but he's already got a pole position. 
Um, he got harpooned by Porsche, which wasn't his fault. He also made some big mistakes. He's, he's made his own fair share of errors, Ollie. He's only 17, though. He's 17 years of age, and he's already demonstrating enough pace to get a pole positions. Pole positions? Get a pole position. Learn to talk, man. Get a pole position on his debut season. That's pretty mad. Like, I, I've been really impressed with Oli. Um, I think he's, he's positioned well to uh, to do bits this year. And um, I don't think he'll win the title, but I think he'll do enough to to build and then, you know, next season. Next season he'll be uh he'll be on to a good thing, I think. He got he got pole in um in Saudi, didn't he? I'm pretty certain he got pole at Saudi in the feature. And then yeah, he was defending, fell back, and made some mistakes. That was more his own doing in the feature. He got harpooned by Porsche in the sprint, but then he messed up himself in the feature. So so yeah, that's that's the way I see it anyway. Um, and look, obviously there's you know Vesti right up there. He's a Mercedes junior. Um, he's you know had a good couple of years, I think, in F two, isn't he? Pretty sure he's had two seasons in F two. Boschong's been there for a long time. Finally got a win. Um, Arthur Leclerc. I don't think Leclerc's got the outright pace. Um, he's been quite consistent points wise, but I just don't think he's going to have enough to take it to the to the rest personally um obviously Victor Marta who you know he's in that ART which seems to be a bit of a weapon so I, I think you can't write Victor Martin out at all um F3 champion from last year as well he did make a city but you know you've got to, this is what I love about F2 it is kind of a proving ground and you see these drivers make mistakes, but you see these drivers grow as well and learn from them. And, and you have to make you have to make your mistakes in junior formulas to learn from to then improve you as a driver, right? Thank you, definitely not the FI for the four nine nine. By the way, I feel bad for Ollie because look at Teo in his debut season of F two, seventeen years of age, pole and win at Monaco, and then win at Monza. Yeah, I mean, look, the the the, the standings don't reflect um, the pace that he's had, but again, it's, it's part of the learning process, you know. If if Ollie has a really difficult, if Ollie has a really difficult season, which it has not been a great first six rounds in terms of points at all, um, but the points have been there. If he get, if he has a very unlucky first season, you know part of what makes this is very you know overarching, right? It's not it's not failing. It's how you it's how you bounce back from failures because. You life is full of failing. You you'll fail at things all the time. It's not it's not a dirty word. It's not a bad word. Like he's made his own mistakes. He's been unlucky, but it's the way he bounces back that will determine whether he um he's got the minerals to get to F one ultimately. Because you know Ollie's a Ferrari driver, academy driver. You've got a lot of these. What so? Awasa is Red Bull. Porsche is Sauber, which is an interesting one. Um. Vesti's Mercedes, Boschong isn't with anyone, and then Leclerc is Ferrari. Darivala's not with anyone anymore. Darivala used to be Red Bull, didn't he? But I think he's got dropped from Red Bull. Um, Hauger's Red Bull, Maloney's Red Bull, Mayan is not with anyone, I don't think. Um, neither is for sure. Doohan's Alpine. I've not even mentioned Jack Doohan. Jack Doohan, like, especially second half of last year, was probably the quickest driver in F2, most consistent. Really good um, in the second half of last year. It's been a bit, bit of a mixed bag for Jack, hasn't it? It's um, it's not been amazing from Jack doing, but he set very high expectations last year. He's still got 24 points on the board, which isn't bad at all. So, yeah, it's, it's not... It's, yeah, exactly. It's been a bit of a stinky start for the season for Dewan. Um And maybe that's virtuosi. I don't know. I, I'd be surprised if... You know, you look at how Campos have jumped up um, with the performances that Myony, um and Boschong have been putting on, for example, like it, it used to be very much. This, this is something with F two that's quite difficult to, for even me to understand fully. Um, it's a spec series, okay? So everyone's got the same car, the same chassis, the same tires, the same tire allocation, all that. So you would think, oh, it's fine, like every, everyone's the same, but. It's not really the case. Like the more money you have, the more fresh components you can bring. For example, um, 
the more experience you have in your team, the more they can optimize setup because setup does still make a massive difference. Um, just everyone having the same chassis and same Mechachrome engine does not guarantee that every single car will be on pay. I mean, you look at the ARTs in um, the first race at, at Bahrain, they're on another planet because they just were just dialed in and, you know, had everything where it, exactly where it needed to be. And um, that's the difference between the top teams and, and the, you know, you look at, I mean, even like Roman Stanek was really good in, a, in F3 last year and he's got no points. He's right at the bottom. But I think Stanek will get some solid good point scoring finishes this year. I think he's clear of, you know, Benavides I don't really know n n enough about. Cordial's poor. Novelak isn't... Clemens never been able to get performance in these F2 cars for some reason, even though in F3 he was really good. Nassani's just missed a you know, will be there forever. He'll be in F2 till he's 40, um, just being mid. And then, I mean, Correa's fantastic to see one Mel, one Mel Correa back for sure, man. That's that's um, that's mad. But um, but so much of the grid is 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 race winning potential for sure, which is uh, which is what makes this championship for me so exciting. If you're not watching F2 this year, then stop. Stop doing, stop going out and having a social life. Stop, you know, being there for your. F I'm just watch F2. Even just watch the highlights, okay? You don't have to watch practice. You don't have to watch. I mean, watch qualifying. Qualifying is always good fun because the gaps are just marginal as you like. But um, yeah, that, that, don't, don't put it above your family and friends, but give it a go. Keep an eye on these three Umu Asata, Porsche, Dennis Hauger. For me, these three. And these three, Kushmani, Zaymaloni, Oli Berman, are the ones that I am keeping my closest eye on. But um, each to their own. Each to their own. Oh, and, and, and by the way, in, in case I didn't... Um, well, I know, I know I didn't remind you. Um, don't forget to uh, check out this podcast on all good audio-only platforms. I will upload this as audio-only afterwards. So, for your ears... We've almost 2,000 people downloaded the live. Actually, let me let me check. I, I want to check. I, I'm going to just... This is just self-indulgence now, okay? Because I'm just going to check what uh, how many how many downloads we got on the live. Ooh! Oh, wow. Okay, we got... On the Australian post-race chinwag, we got 1,994. So we're only six downloads shy of 2K on the last one, which is pretty good because most of you watch on YouTube. But it's nice that, you know, I like to, to touch all bases, you know. That's that's a really weird thing to say. Is that the saying? <laughs> oh, anyway, right. Okay, cool. So, um, we've spent a good half hour talking about Formula 2. What else should we talk about? There's What other news has been, uh, has been doing the rounds? Because... Well, I want to start by talking about, as as the intro rolls once again, cover all bases. That's the one, Sava. Thank you. <laughs> Not touch all bases. Um, I want to talk about um, the sprint, which it, it seems all but confirmed, the fact that Sky Sports were talking about it on the podcast this week. The podcast that I was on last week with Ted, by the way. It's fun. Ted's really nice. Ted's like, Ted's, I mean, I didn't get much time with him, but he seemed really sound. Um, and yeah, they were talking about the new revised format um, for Sprint, which, well, look, let me explain it first so that everyone knows what's being proposed. So currently on a Sprint weekend, we have Friday FP1, Friday qualifying, Saturday FP2, um, Saturday sprint race, and then the, so then the qualifying Friday sets the grid for the sprint race, and then sprint race finish sets the grid for the Sunday race. Boom. So the alternative, which is being proposed, and apparently, according to Fred Vasser, I think it was him who said um, all the teams have approved it, is that still have FP1 on a Friday, still have 
um, still have qualifying on a Friday evening, afternoon, whatever. But that Friday qualifying does not set the grid for the sprint on Saturday. That Friday qualifying sets the grid for the Sunday race. So traditional Q1, Q2, three, exactly as it is. Qualifying is on a Friday evening. Saturday, think of Saturday as like a separate event. Just, just so, so you've got Friday and Sunday together. Friday and Sunday are one event, and then Saturday is a separate event. So then Saturday a.m., you've got another qualifying to set the grid for the sprint. But the qualifying on Saturday, from what we're hearing, is going to be more time-restricted. So at least in Q3, it's only going to allow drivers to go out for one lap. So it's not one shot, which I still think would be better it's more different it's more distinctive it's more identifiable to the sprint having a, a different qualifying session for the sprint and having a one shot which fundamentally isn't that different it's just a slight rejigging of how you kind of go about it but you know whatever you do uf1 um but i i also think it's um for me for me it's an, it's an improvement on on what the sprint currently is so i want to ask you in a poll based off of my description based off of my description of the changes do you prefer this new um sprint weekend format um yes no or same or indifferent. There we go. Let me know what you think in the poll. Um, let me know what do you think. Do you think it's going to be better than the sprint currently is, where you have FP2 on a Saturday and then the sprint race sets the grid for the Sunday? Do you think it's worse, or do you just not care? Are you just indifferent? Do you have no emotion towards it? Because you're allowed, you're allowed to have no emotion towards things. Sometimes, you know, not everyone has to have a strong opinion on everything. You know, that is the that's the way of the uh, internet now. Oh, bold take, <laughs> But there you go. It's kind of part of the game, unfortunately. So is what it is. Can I pick no sprint at all? You cannot pick no sprint at all, engineer. I'm afraid you cannot. Charles, you remove sprint. Well. I didn't listen to the description. How dare you, Anthony? How dare you? Just look, and I'm sorry if you'd rather there be no sprints, but it's going to happen. So, so like, it, for me, it's just, there's no point um, debating it because the viewing figures are higher for Fridays when there are sprint races. And when people go to the race as well, I think if you give them a on a Friday qualifying, actual competitive qualifying, I think you're giving more value for money as well. Um, now, obviously, this will justify tracks raising their ticket prices for Fridays, which obviously I don't like that. I think that's the downside to it. I, I think having Fridays as just practice means that there's less demand for Fridays and therefore it allows more fans who aren't multimillionaires to buy tickets for a bit cheaper to experience and see Formula One cars. I get that. That is a downside of going down this route. Um, but I do think this new proposed format is a more, it just feels more flowing. It feels more, feels more right. And it'll be interesting to see because, you know, we, we say, we say the sprint is, as you called it, Alberto bollocks. It's a, it's a good, uh, it's, a, it's a good, good ad, 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 adjective adjective whatever um but this new system does mean that um on a saturday sprint you can definitely argue that the drivers will be more incentivized to push because well and i didn't to be fair i didn't really think that was a problem anyway drivers pushing in the sprint i think the drivers pushed anyway you look at fernando's sprint race in what 20 was it last year at silverson or the year before can't remember um ridiculous made up like three four positions at the start so i don't think that's a problem but this does mean that yeah you you can go 
<laughs> you can go balls deep on the sprint without worrying about you know messing up your starting position for for Sunday. You can go all in on Saturday. If you crash out, okay, fine. The grid's already been set on Friday for the for the race. So yes, you lose out on points, but it's not as much. It's not as uh, the you know. Say you're pushing in the sprint for P9, right? Where you do, wouldn't even get a point for the sprint and then you get taken out and you go all the way to the back. Well, if you hadn't got taken out, you would have started like P9 for the race and then maybe made up a couple of positions and then you got a big point scoring haul. Um, whereas this way, again, because it's a totally isolated event almost, the Saturday, then you just go for it. If you end up shunting, if something happens, if something goes wrong, you know, you can feel more emboldened to take those risky moves because you're not going to be punished for it by a lower grid position on Sunday. Now you say, Sakira, you say that trial in the F2 system. F2 system is an interesting one because, so in F2 you have qualifying on the Friday and then the sprint is a reverse grid sprint, but it's only the top 10 that are reversed. The thing is, I... Would teams like in F1 try and manipulate that? What I mean is that, so say you get, so say you're only reversing the top 10, like reversing the whole field, that's never going to happen. And I don't really, I wouldn't really want to see that. I think that would be, that'd be too silly. Reversing the top 10, I could maybe get behind, but then you think, well, okay, you get to F2, I'm sorry, you get to Q3, F2, I was talking about F2 earlier, that's why I said that. You get to Q3 and then what happens? What? So the drivers like in the Alpines and McLarens and whoever, whichever teams just squeeze through, do they all just not, not go out? And, you know, like, but then I suppose, would they do that? Would they see, it's difficult. Would that would they see taking you know purposefully qualifying lower for the reverse grid? It's, you know you know what I mean because it's like would it actually pay off? I'm I'm trying to think for what drivers it would pay off because say with this new system where Friday qualifying sets the grid yeah because Friday qualifying sets the grid for the race on Sunday so then reverse the top ten. I'm just trying to think if there's a scenario where Say like an Esteban Ocon or Pierre Gasly and their Alpines who like, you know, should get through to Q3, but will be on the back end. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's kind of, it's one of them things that they would have to just do it and then we'd see, like I would 100% for a one-off, 100%, for a one-off, I would love to see a reverse grid, just the top 10 reverse grid sprint as a one-off, try it, do it once, we'll see if the teams start doing some silliness, and if they do, fine, we've done it, we gave it a go, didn't work, fine, and, and I think, you know, when Ross Braun was in charge, he was saying like he's quite open, and, and I think that's important, right, we can debate and we can hypothetically discuss these things as much as we like, but until we actually see it, and we get all these incredible minds that are in Formula One to look at it and be like, oh, can we actually try and manipulate this and, and, and you know, faff about with it? A until we actually see it, then I'm not convinced it wouldn't be, I'm not convinced it wouldn't work. Um, gimmicks. That's when, when, when does a gimmick become a, you know, sprinklers on track gimmick? Yes, I think we can all agree with that. Reverse the top 10? Yes, somewhat, I guess. But then there's a lot of things you could call gimmicks. Like, oh, having to run every tyre comp, or having to run more than one tyre compound, having to have a pit stop. Is that a gimmick? What if a team just wanted to go no pit stops at the end? You know. And maybe, look, maybe it wouldn't work, Pranav. Maybe it wouldn't work. But um, 
I don't think we really know until we see it. And, and again, I'm 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 up I'm up for trying these things out. That's all that's all I'll say. Have a trailer. It's, yeah, is that a gimmick, Christopher? Having a trailer attached to the back of your car is that a gimmick? So you say anyone who drives past with a caravan gimmick? <laughs> You're a gimmick. Random draft for the start order. You see, that's a gimmick. Um, <laughs> No, but I'm I'm looking forward to see seeing what it how it plays out. Baku's always a bit of a madness as well. So with that added little bit of uh, and look, obviously certain teams. I mean, Red Bull. You know, Christian Horner said he is is against changes to it because of of course he is. Like, you know, why would why would Red Bull want anything to change? They're in a perfect place right now to to win and and dominate and and satisfy their sponsors and and win championships and all that. Like they're they're perfectly positioned now. They don't, they wouldn't want anything to change. Um, it adds more unpredictability, which isn't going to be in their best interest. Hello, Luca. Good to see you. Um, why does F1 need changing? Well, I, I think as well, that's the thing. It, it's Sport is and always will change. And certain decisions, you know, certain decisions get accepted over time. I, I think it's like, I think DRS is, is a good example. It was bought in as a bit of a stopgap. And it hasn't gone away. And most of us have kind of accepted that it is a necessity. Without DRS, the racing wouldn't be as exciting, as interesting, there wouldn't be as many opportunities to overtake. I think DRS is a good example of that. I think VAR in football, for example, I'm still not happy with it. I still don't like it. I still don't like how it's changed the game. Um, and we've had it for years. I, I'm, I'm, I'm... If anything, even more anti VAR than I was when it first came in. So, yeah, I, I, I think actually, you know what? Let's let's poll you lot. That's that's a good question. Is DRS still necessary in F one? Do you think it's still necessary to make F one? the 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 product that we enjoy the sporting product do you think it's necessary to the the sport thank you luke have my money thank you for the eight eight aussie dollars appreciate it appreciate it thank you very much you australians are by far the way the most generous i'll tell you that everyone else i can't believe you just let all the australians give me money for offering literally nothing back to you apart from talking on the internet how dare you that's a joke. I'm joking. <laughs> Please don't take me seriously. Um, yeah, 88% of you are saying it's still a necessity in Formula 1. Look, maybe we will get to the day where it won't be. Um, but, you know, I, I think, it, again, it's one of the things that it, it's become an accepted part of the sport. And, you know, there are possibly other changes that would be brought in would get that initial resistance but then over time people would accept it and, and be fine with it and there might be other changes that people would never accept like for me vr and football but bring back curs exactly bring back curs that's what i say um cool okay what else should we should we talk about um felipe massa that's a bit, a bit old news now isn't it a bit old news is old uh, it's old felipe um ruffling some some feathers by suggesting that he's looking into getting the 2008 world championship result changed or at least the result from the singapore grand prix which fernando alonso won because teammate nelson Piquet jr crashed on purpose which was orchestrated by briatori and pat simmons and apparently fia knew about it because this is what bernie eccleston said in some interview or whatever so it should have been over. It should have been, as far as he's concerned, the result should have been cancelled entirely, not even just Renault disqualified, but the whole result overturned. Um, I mean, Felipe, baby, stay cool. Jake, that is exactly what I thought when I read this. I was like, that's not very cool of you, Felipe. You need to stay cool, okay? And when I say cool, I mean temperature, you know? That's quite a hot, spicy statement. It's not a cool, calm you know, chilled statement, is it? Um, it's stupid that Massa's argument actually makes sense. Well, the, the thing is, right? The thing is, sporting, sporting decisions can be made 
after the fact to change whether it's like driver penalties and all that, right? You know, you had Fernando getting his podium taken away and then given back and then taken or whatever. Um, you just open up such a can of worms because then all of a sudden, what about, you know, Senna Prost when Senna got disqualified after Suzuka because he finished the race but cut the corner and blah, blah, blah. What about Damon Hill, Michael Schumacher in 94 when, you know, Schumacher quite clearly crashed into Hill on purpose and, and he got the title as a, as a result. You know, there's all these instances in sport and you go back through the through the history books of sport and it doesn't matter. Again, I always reference the uh, Thierry Henry handball against Ireland where he quite clearly used his hand to keep the ball in and then part, and then they scored and then they got to the World Cup or whatever it was and Ireland didn't. And it's... Um, like, I, I, I get it. I get it. I get why Felipe's, you know... He sees Bernie making these comments. Problem is as well, you've got what Max Mosley, who's head of FI at the time, Charlie Whiting, who was, you know, race director at the time. They're both, you know, no no longer with us. Um so they can't, you know, it, a lot of it's kind of hearsay. Um and Bernie Eccleston, Denaf chat. He chats a lot of doesn't he? Like he does. Do I believe a word that comes out of that man's mouth? Not really. Um, Maradona hand of God there you go prime example give us and then what's the knock on effect of that the thing is right with this Singapore race you know it wasn't even the last race of the season it was Ferrari's mistake that actually cost them because they had a 40 light for their um, refueling if you didn't know Massa was on course to probably win that race which those points would have almost certainly won him the title Um, but then that's the thing right Say Felipe wins that race, the butterfly effect of that. Well, he could have DNF'd the last few races because of the butterfly effect. This is the thing. It's like, when it is, I know people comparing it to Abu Dhabi 21. If it's the last lap of the last um, race, I understand it more so because, well, what are the, you know, what are the... Um, what are the what's the butterfly effect from there? What's the, what's the echo? Not much because you're literally right at the end of the year. But with Massa, there were still races to go. You know, yeah, if that result had been overturned at the time, or, or the yeah, the race ended. But then so many other things could have happened. So it's like, for me, it's one of them where you just have to a sport. Like you go to any sport, and there's decisions that you know in hindsight weren't right or whatever. I mean, the one that makes most sense to me is just, just, you know, disqualify the Renaults after the fact, give Nico Rosberg the race win, but then Felipe would have lost out by even more points to Lewis. So, yeah, and and why should all the other drivers get disqualified? Why should Nico Rosberg lose that P two and and whoever finished P, was it Lewis who finished P three? I can't even remember. Um, you know, why should they have their results taken away because Renault decided to to mess around? They t- decided to around and find out that's what they decided to do um but yeah so i i don't know it's I, it's just a bit silly and, and i don't think you know would felipe you know if he got that title now you know is that really gonna like change i don't know it just feels a bit of a of an empty i, I get his frustration i get it but it just feels a bit empty and it's like come on Come on, that's the the that's that's just you know it, it, it's frustrating for him. I get it, but it's it's not it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Um, okay, cool. Um, we are forty nine minutes in. What else should we talk about? What else? Um, what else is on the tips of your respective tongues? What do you want to? What do you want to say? What do you want to talk about? Um, is Felipe really trying to change the result of the championship or just trying to push for answers yeah I mean may- maybe the latter he said money is, is, is not what he's motivated by and I, I don't doubt that for a second and I get it like justice and, and all that right but I just don't think it's going to come to anything is it um, oh yeah the DRS poll um, 88% of you think DRS is still necessary in F1 and I would agree with that 
I would agree with that. Flooding in Miami, really? Is that because Miami race isn't that far away, is it? So could that be an issue for uh, for the Miami race? That's uh, that's not good. Let me uh, hang on. Let me find some more Miami flooding. Oh yeah, blimey. Flooding in Fort Lauderdale, which is where Logan Sargent's from, isn't it? Um, yeah, we're not far from the Miami Grand Prix, so hopefully that'll be in a... That that will have passed by that time, but obviously what's more important is that people are safe at the end of the day. Thank you, Tech Tech Potato, as well, for the fiver. Apply the suit test to DRS. Would Suttle have had a better career if DRS had existed? By the way, hi, hi Tom. Enjoyed the F1 arcade event. Oh, oh yeah, Tech Tech Potato, then, mate. I remember you. I remember you, your potato channel. Um, the the Suttle test to DRS... The suitable test is, is yeah, the most kind of mid-driver. Um, would it have been better or worse? Um, without The circuit is currently underwater. Really, is it? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I did not know that. What, why do people keep mentioning um, the pit stop, boys? Hang on. Do I need to do, I need to do some, uh, some Twitter? Some Twitter. Some t oh, yeah. Pit stop, boys, is literally like... Not trending, but um, is this is this to do with when they went on um, screaming mills? Because I did see that they did that pod, but I haven't actually uh, I haven't watched it to be honest. I do watch most of their stuff. Um, the one, not so much when they've got guests, but I find their insight, their IndyCar and F two insight, really interesting. Um, I mean, it might, it's obviously, it's, it must be to do with them. Look, at the end of the day, right? And I've, I've met, I've met Jake and Fab a couple of times, actually. I met him at the, um, F1 Arcade launch event, uh, briefly. And then at Matt and Tom's live show, they were there as well. Um, and they're actually like, they're really sound lads. Very easy to talk to. Very chill. Um, Oh, you've posted posted a link, Savo. I'm gonna I'm I'm, I'm gonna open that up because oh wow, God, the flooding is bad. Hang on, let me um, sorry, I'll talk about that in a minute. Let me uh, let me get screen share up, and yeah, look at that. That's what Savo's just set shared. Cheers, Savo. That's uh, the Miami Grand Prix track right now underwater. Jeez, I don't know what part of the track that is. Um, yeah, not good. Not what you want to see. Um, oh, look, intro, intro uh, segments running again. No, I mean, to be honest, I, 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 I don't really know what's going on with. I'm not going to add to the discourse if, if, if them, if those boys are getting heat on Twitter, I'm not going to put my opinion in there where I don't even know what's been said. So um, I'll just hold off on that one. Thank you very much. At least the water is real. That's a good point. At least the water is now real. Very good point. Um, very good point. Oh, yeah, F1 have um, signed a deal with Paramount Plus as well, which is like a streaming service. So we could be seeing more more DTS, maybe. Um, well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We will see. What else? What else is there? Is there much? To, I did read... Um, I was reading an article from, I think, Alpine have been saying that their upgrades they're hoping to bring by the summer break so between now and the summer break they're hoping to um take about six tenths off of their off of their lap times um which would put them certainly in the mix with aston martin and mercedes as they stand right now the thing is everyone else is probably going to improve by then as well right so it's going to be so i think i'm going to sneeze there's a sneeze oh god it's like right there but it's not going to come out there we go um, yeah, and obviously McLaren as well. Like it's going to be like, all eyes are going to be on McLaren, surely in in Baku, right? That's going to be um, that's going to be the main focus. But um, hopefully, like hopefully, other teams can start catching up to Red Bull because ah, oh, they just need to reel them in, reel them in, Aston Martin. Sort out your DRS because your DRS is really bad. Reel them in. Um, that, that's that's the main thing you need to sort out, Aston Martin DRS. So you got a fundamentally good car there. So, thank you, uh, Gibbon enthusiast, for the two quid. 
thoughts on a Toto versus Zach boxing match? Oh yeah, I did actually see that. This is legit, isn't it? Um, Toto, like joke. I think jokingly, Zach was like he'd have a lot of boxing match with Toto or vice versa. I mean, Toto would like Toto would Zach up, wouldn't he? He would. He would. Like, let's be honest. Like, he's got the reach. He's he's built like a machine. Um, and Zach just, I don't think, mate. I think Zach's got Zach's got the dog in him. You know, I think he's got the uh, he's got the heart. But I think Toto is just too much of a physical machine. Is a weapon. Do a poll. Do a poll. Yes, I will do a poll. Let's do a poll. Who? I mean, look, I, I, I'm 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 Team Toto, but who wins in a boxing fight? So is it Toto or Zach? And again, this is boxing. It's not just like mixed martial arts. This is boxing specifically. So yeah, because like, he's got that. Yeah, I reckon that he's got a good jab on him. That's Toto. I reckon he's got. I reckon he's got a decent jab. Totonator. Now I reckon. Um, who do you reckon would win out of Blake and Dan in a boxing match? Sorry, Blake, but I think Dan would destroy you. I think he'd just like swallow you up with his beard, you know. And also, yeah, if you got any like, you know, boom boom to the face, the beard would just take it, you know. The beard would 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 swallow up the uh, strategy to to just take what you must be like if you've got a thick beard and you get punched in the face versus having no beard, the beard must like even if it's a tiny tiny amount, it must absorb a tiny tiny amount of that. Surely, surely. Eighty six percent of you have gone for Toto Wolf wins the fight. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think look, Zach, I'm up for being surprised. You know. Maybe he's got lower central gravity. He can, like a little Mike Tyson. You know what I mean? Maybe. Wolf versus Vows. I could never imagine James Vows in a fight. Oh, I couldn't see that happening. I mean, Toto and Christian is the, is the obvious one, isn't it? But I couldn't see it happening. Um, what do you think of ND, Nick DeVries? Yeah, Nick DeVries. Difficult start to the year, isn't it, for, for Nick? He's, he's not... Um, I mean, him, he himself has been saying... Don't think of me as a rookie. And I haven't been thinking of him as a rookie. But you look at the gap to Yuki and it's a bit concerning. But then also I do think, yeah, maybe it is a, it's also a product of Yuki stepping up because I think Yuki is is stepping up. Um, for sure. I think, he, I, think, I think he is. So I think that's just making the, the, the task for Nick that bit harder, that bit more difficult. Um, yes, Neo, I did say, yeah, if, if anyone didn't see James Val's breakdown, of um, of Alex's incident, which I really appreciated as an album fan, because then it gives me an, an excuse to defend him with. <laughs> but um, it's really good, actually. Go find it on the Williams Twitter or Instagram, whatever, on their socials. Um, really good. Re really interesting insight that I like to see. Catered for the fans who know a good amount, but it's not... Uh, it's not filled with jargon, I suppose. It's kind of... I like I like to think it's how I try and talk about the sport, right? I, I like to understand as much as I can and I want to be as educated as possible to everything that's going on. Like, like so, so often, I'll put a video out and then I'll go through the comments and I'm like, oh, that was a really good point. I should have put that in the video. Oh, that was a really good point. I should have put that in the video. But that's good because it, like, it, it, then I'm learning more. Like the Alfa Romeo video, for example... One thing I completely glossed over in terms of Alfa Romeo's, you know, what could hold that team back, even with Sauber, sorry, even with Audi taking over, is their physical geographic location. They're in the middle of nowhere in Switzerland, compared to if you're a team in Motorsport Valley, where you've got this plethora of talent at seven different teams, including Haas, because they do have a base in Banbury, um, all within, you know, 50 miles or whatever, you know, People got leave and go to different teams all the time. You know, when, um, when, what's his name? I've completely forgotten his name. Who's the geezer who went from Red Bull to Aston Martin? Dan Fallows, that's it. Dan Fallows, you know, from Red Bull to Aston Martin, that's what, from Milton Keynes to Silverstone, which is like nothing. You, that's just a commute. You're still living at home. You don't have to up sticks. So for them to get the, the F1 talent that currently exists anyway, of course, a lot of very talented people, um, you know, 
live in, in in Germany, in Switzerland, in Italy, in the surrounding countries, you know, proximity to him will. But you would have to move home if you're going to get pre-existing F1 talent to go to that team. Marinello is obviously a hotbed and, and people were prepared to move to Italy, to, to Marinello. Are people prepared to move to the middle of Switzerland for an F1 team? When you could go to Motorsport Valley and work one of them teams, or you could go to Marinello, I'm just saying it's tricky. But, but yeah. Anyway, that's just you know, I, I went off on a tangent there. It's just kind of how I like to talk about the sport. I just, I just talk about the sport how, how, how feels what feels naturally to me, and I explain what I think I need to explain, and I don't explain what because I just assume that most of you have somewhat of an idea of what you're talking about because I'm not going to, I'm not going to like pander it all down and like, Ooh, this is an F1 car. It has four wheels, five with the steering wheel, I guess. <laughs> um, Tomo talking logistics. That's right. Um, but as for Z V8 supercars, yeah, look, I, I think Valtteri's, he's had a difficult start to the year. I, I, I this is a man that, you know, I, I was surprised when I went through the numbers in qualifying, but, about over the course of his whole career at Mercedes alongside Lewis, he would out-qualify Lewis 30% of the time, pretty much. That's kind of how it averaged. Some seasons it was more 25, other seasons it was like 35. 30% of the time. So for 10 rounds, he'd out-qualify Lewis three times. But that's pretty good. That's pretty good. When you consider, again, you look at... Um, you know, Max's teammates that he's had, whether it's Checo, whether it's Alex, whether it's Pierre, um, since Ricardo, you know, how consistently Max has, you know, really outperformed his teammates um, in one lap, in one lap pace. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think Bottas, you know, for that driver to then be struggling to such an extent that he's, if anything, at least on par with his second year rookie teammate, Joe Guan Yu, who's doing a good job, don't get me wrong, but I just, yeah. It's difficult. How was the experience on Sky F1 Pod with Ted? Very good, thank you. Yeah, to anyone who didn't see, I was, last week, I was on the Sky F1 podcast, which was really good fun. Um, I did Any Driven Monday um, a couple of times last year in the studio, which was also very good fun. Um, but they've not, that format's knocked on the head and they've gone down the pod podcast route, which... It's interesting, right? Because I'm sure some of you watched Eddie Driven Monday. Um, and if you've then also watched the podcast afterwards, fundamentally, the conversation that's going on, the things that are being talked about, the topics, the, the fact that you've got guests on and whatever, is not like fundamentally different, really, is it? It's just how it's packaged. And like, I, I think the podcast, like the, pack, the packaging of, of the Sky F1 podcast versus what ADM was, the podcast is just so much like, yeah, it's just better and it's getting way more viewers clearly like, and it's, it's doing a lot better. Um, but it's just funny how just, just a little change in just how you package something can actually make a massive difference to how it's received. You know, um, did you steal Ted's notebook? I, I saw Ted's notebook in the flesh cause he bought it with him. Um, I just, that, my notebook's up here. To be fair, to be fair, it helps doing well. I do last lap, and then we do a podcast straight after, and then I did my live stream on the Monday. I've talked about the entire race to a camera twice. I've watched it through, and then I've talked about it, recited it twice, so that then when we shot that on the Tuesday morning, it was all up here. So, um, yeah. Lucas Leclerc looks so done with Ferrari. Ah, oh, he does, doesn't he, Lucas? He does. Although Leclerc versus entire Ferrari team boxing match, I would be up for that. I would be up. I'm sure you know what he wouldn't be against. I'm sure there'd be there'd be a lot of Ferrari personnel on Shell's side because they don't want to lose him. They know how. Um, they know how. They know how good he is for sure, don't they? But, um, but yeah. Yeah, TV format that doesn't work for YouTube. That's why I'm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's a big part of it. Uh, fish finger connoisseur. Um, yeah, formats, formats that work here. Like, imagine, imagine this, this stream. 
this was going out on telly live. Like, uh, like I couldn't do polls. I couldn't see live chat. You know, like there, there's all these different, it wouldn't work. So if you're going to have a one-way conversation, then yeah, it, it needs to be kind of formatted differently. But but yeah, right. Okay, cool. I think I'm done now. I've been going for an hour, five minutes. Thank you, everyone who's uh, uh, turned up. Oh, mate, I'll tell you what. Yeah, Sam Collins as a host would be, they're, they're, they are missing a trick, not putting Sam Collins as a host. I agree, um, Taylor. I, I agree. Um, yes, time for lunch. I'm actually going to treat myself to Weatherspoons. Sometimes when I finish doing a video, or go, I just get this urge to go to Weatherspoons just on my own and just get a nice cheap lunch with a cider on my own. And I think that's what I'm going to do today because I want to. <laughs> um, oh, thoughts on people going to Charles house. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Fan, his, his address leaked and he's had fans turn it. Fans. Nobeds um, turning up to his house saying, oh, give me an autograph, Charles. Off. That's what I say. Um, right, cool. Thank you all for checking it out. Checking it out. What am I saying? Thank you all for checking it out. Don't forget. The, the, the. Shut up, idiot. Don't forget. for. Sometimes I just say things and I'm like, what am I doing? Thank you for uh, watching. <laughs> Thank you for liking, which I'm sure you've already liked. But if you haven't liked on YouTube, then go and double check you have and make sure you're subscribed. Thank you to audio only people. Um, if you've got to the end, then make, take this opportunity to write a review or five star or something. Just Please, I beg, if you got to the end, which, I mean, credit to you because I'm sure it's a struggle sometimes. Um, and I will see you, next video is going to be out early next week, Monday, Tuesday maybe. Um, but yeah, stay well, be happy, be safe, drink, drink water, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye.